Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Today, a very special program. Last week, I was interviewed by Steve Schultz on the Elijah Streams, and we had a tremendous time for about an hour. And I'm going to share that with you on this podcast today. So I hope you enjoy the Elijah Streams with Steve Schultz and with me today. God richly bless you. Welcome, Richard. Hi, Steve. God bless you today. Bless you. You know, you and I had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I really, really enjoyed getting to know you. Of course, we had Lindsay on a few days ago. Um, so that was fun having Lindsay on. You know, do you guys do a lot of streaming uh, things as well? Uh, we sure do. And Steve, you did such a fabulous job uh, with Lindsay the other day. And she enjoyed being with you so, so very much. I'm so proud of her. The prophetic gifting is moving more and more and stronger and stronger in her. And I thank wow. God for that. I just, I, I was here that day uh, when she did that broadcast with you. And I was just over here just, you know, bursting my buttons. I was so proud of her <laughs> and proud of you. And you're touching so many people. And I'm just thankful. Wow. Well, thank you, Richard. Well, that's, that's a real high compliment. Man, thank you. Well, tell people a little bit about uh, when your father went to be home with the Lord, and then we'll talk <laughs> about your testimony here in a minute. But uh, how long has it been? Uh, Twelve years ago, uh, 12 years ago on, on, uh, in December of 2009, my dad went home to be with the Lord. I was there. I was there in the room when he passed. It was the most unusual thing, Steve, because he had told me several months before he died that when he died, a double portion of the Holy Spirit was going to come on me. And he said, Richard, there are a lot of people who will claim, or he didn't say a lot of some, some people who will claim the Oral Roberts anointing. He said, don't you worry about that at all. He said, the anointing is generational. It went from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob and on down. He said, no one else is going to receive my anointing except you. And he said, when I go home to be with the Lord, a double portion is going to come on you, just like it came on Elisha after Elijah was, was caught up in the air in the, in the whirlwind. And it happened in that hospital room. Um, when he passed, um, I, I, I was watching him. I saw the monitors going down and down and down, and I knew it was only a matter of seconds before he was gone. And when he passed and all the monitors went flat, suddenly there was a commotion in the room. And I thought, really? it was, I thought it was one of the doctors or nurses coming in, but it wasn't. And I looked up and there were two huge angels that came into the room. I've never seen angels in my life. I've known people who have seen angels, but I had never witnessed anything like it. I rubbed my eyes to, think of, to see if I was hallucinating. Two huge angels were in the room. And I watched them as they reached into his body and pulled his spirit out and began to take it up. And I jumped up and I began to scream like, like Elisha did, you know, uh, you know, my God, my God. And all of a sudden I saw a mantle come floating down and I reached out and said, that is mine. <laughs> and that double portion came on me, Steve. I've never been the same since. And I thank God for that. Wow. I had no, I, I never heard that story. I'm sure you must've told that. That was incredible. You know, and have you seen angels since then, or was that a one-off nope. thing? The, the one time only in my life I've ever seen angels was that was that day. Now, I have felt their presence. Right. And the Lord told me that whenever I pray for the sick, that there is a huge angel that stands behind me when I'm praying for the sick and seeing miracles, like I did this weekend in Dodge City, Kansas. I was preaching up there at Abundant Life Family Center, and there was an angel behind me, and I felt his presence, but I've never seen him. <laughs> really, it gets frustrating. I've seen a couple of angels, but they were they were absolutely in human form, and it took you know I realized one of them after the fact, and another one was like you know I told the story before, but I 
they, the guy corrected me, this guy, I say the guy, the angel corrected me fiercely on a time because I wasn't making myself available to the to the Elijah list readers. I was kind of trying to hide out. He said, they need to get to know you. They need to thank you for what you're doing. They were and I right. thought, well, that was rude. And then he came back against the crowd where there's no way he could get to me. He said it again. And I thought, well, that was rude, but maybe that's not just a person. So I, I complied with what he had told me to do. And a few months later, I go on a trip to France by myself, which was a huge mistake. And I'm sitting there in the uh, the terminal at the bullet train, thinking, how am I going to, you know, I didn't have a cell phone because it was like 10, 15 years ago. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know how I was going to contact my party. I didn't know how they were going to find me. And I thought, what am I going to do? I happened to glance over there on a bench and there was a guy reading the newspaper. He drops the paper and looks at me. It was him. Uh-huh. It was that same guy, that same the guy. He didn't have wings, but he probably did have wings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, and then right after a few moments, I, I just like no sooner had I seen that happen than my party showed up. So, you know, I, I think the scripture is really plain. We've probably seen a lot more angels than we thought we had. Right? Well, I'm sure we have entertained angels without our knowledge before. I, I know my father had, and he he had angels visit him uh, at different times. And in fact, he had a, he had an experience once where an angel came in and said, "Dispatch me." And he said to the angel, what do you mean, dispatch me? He said, we are ministering spirits for you as Christians. Hebrews Hebrews tells us that. He said, dispatch me, send me on an errand. Really? Send me on, on, an, on, on something to do. And we were involved in something heavy in the ministry. And the Lord, or he sent that angel to do that certain thing. And that a thing was, was settled immediately. I think, uh, I think sometimes angels may, may be waiting for us as Christians to say, I dispatch you in the name of Jesus to go and do a certain thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, Bob Jones, Prophet Bob Jones is yes. with the Lord. He used to say, and he'd say it in Southern accent, he goes, I don't just see angels, I use them. He sure. He say that, you know. Well, ministering and spirits people, for us. Yeah. You know, I, we were, I was just talking to a sister in the Lord the other day, and of course, Kat Kerr talks about sending the hosts that are not technically angels, they're the fighting forces. But I still think there's something to that where, where you dispatch an angel to, to do. Can you think of an example what, what he might have dispatched, even, a, even oh, in generic terms? Well, it, it, was, it was something that we were doing that we we're involved in in the ministry at the time. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I believe angels are available to us as Christians. And, mm-hmm. and some years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, your primary angel is named Charisma. And he has a group of angels with him and you can send them on certain errands, certain jobs, certain things to do, uh, to gather in certain things. And I, I thank God I, I put the, I put my angels on every morning. I, I, not a morning wow. I get up without putting my angels on and around me, around my wife, around our children, around our ministry, around those who are dear to us. And I dispatch them on certain errands, uh, certain projects that I'm involved in yeah. to help pave the way. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sending them now uh, because I'm, I've just got got home from preaching uh, this weekend in Dodge City, Kansas, and I, I dispatched them there. I'm dispatching them because I'm going to California this week uh, later to, to preach. Awesome. And then next week after that, I'm going to Africa to preach. So I'm dispatching my angels to wow. go and prepare the way in West Africa. You know, we taught our kids to pray. So as they all grew up, they're all grown and married now, but they would all pray for angels. And we we just pray angels. We had not heard about the host or anything. And then we moved on this. We've been on this property for about 22 years here on, in uh, Oregon, and we always, I just, this before I met Kat and talked about them, I'd pray and pray and pray angels all the time, just pray. I didn't know about dispatching them, but I prayed they'd be there uh, to protect me. And then some people had driven by, because you could see this kind of a, on a view, 
not a hilltop, it's a slope. And she said, and, and she said, you're that house? I drove by that house. There's a massive, fiery group of angels that's over that Praise hole. God. <laughs> it looks, it's funny where I live. It looks like we own the hillside. We don't. We got 20 acres in there, but there's all this farmland around us. So it looks like, looks like we're wealthy, <laughs> but we got 20 acres. We're doing that. Well, listen, uh, Richard, you've got a story and somehow weave in the part where you eventually get into the healing ministry at 19, but you, you told me a story about running from God and Tell us that story before well, when you were young. Uh, I did run from God, Steve, because, um, well, first as a child, uh, I, I was very close to the Lord and I was very close to my father. And I was involved with him, you know, whenever I could. I traveled with him whenever I was out of school, school vacations, By the way, things like that. Pardon me for interrupting, but Jeff, throw that picture. We found a picture of you, uh, oh, do you? as a child. Yeah, see, you, you can verify if this is you for sure, if he's ready for it. Is that you? <laughs> As a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> yeah, I just was going around Wikipedia and it was there. And I thought, well, it looks like you. because. <laughs> but So you said at that time you were very close to the Lord. Yes, I, I was. On. Uh, yes, I was singing. I was singing in one, I was in one of my, one of my dad's uh, services here in Tulsa. But um, I grew up very close to him and, and he would call me up. Uh, many times to stand by him when he prayed for the sick. And I love the healing ministry. I love to see people get healed. But wow. but by the time I was a teenager, I, I, I turned off God. And the reason I turned off was because of the ugly way that my father was treated by the media and by some of the national publications like Time Magazine and Look mm. Magazine and Life Magazine and, and others, even some Christian publications. They just crucified him. And I, I said, if this is what Christianity is all about, if these people are going to come against someone that I love and that I believe in and that I know is not a charlatan, not a liar, mm-hmm. he's not stealing from the offering, he's not doing things like that. If that's what right. Christianity is, I don't want a part of it. And by the time I was a young teenager, I was learning how to play the guitar. I was singing in a rock band. I was traveling throughout Oklahoma and this area of the country. And, uh, you know, when college time came, the last place in the world I wanted to go was the school my dad founded. I went off to the University of Kansas and went my own way and uh, told my dad to get the hell out of my life. Really? You know, and, that and was he, intense. Yeah, and, he, 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 and that was some of the milder things that I said. And he said, well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the hell out of your life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it seems funny now, but it wasn't funny then. But we, yeah. were, we were estranged through those years. But, but I were you, uh, Richard, were you, uh, on the one hand, you're defending him, so you wouldn't want any part of people that would treat him that way. On the other hand, he, he for a season became like an enemy. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and so we were estranged for several years. And I, I, was, I was singing in clubs in Kansas City and performing at Kansas City Starlight Theater. And I got offered a contract uh, in the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas to sing in their lounges. Wow. And I was going to go to Las Vegas and, uh, and make it big and become a star, you see, and come back home and jam it down their throats. But uh, oh, while, I was wow. in, while I was in school, in college, uh, I got sick. And I was facing surgery in the hospital at the University of Kansas Medical Center. And I lay there the night before the surgery, and I began to call on God. It's amazing who you call on when you get in trouble. And uh, I said, Lord, if you'll heal me and cancel this surgery, I'll change my life. I'll serve you. And the power of God went through my body in that hospital that night in Lawrence, Kansas. And I knew I was healed. And the next morning, the doctors confirmed it. And they canceled the surgery and released me from the hospital and I quickly forgot my promise. Oh no! <laughs> and about a year, yeah, about yeah. a year later, 
I was up in Chicago singing and I got sick again. And I remembered the vow that I had made. And I came back home, uh, came back home and, and they put me in a bus. I was re raging with fever. I'd lost my voice. And uh, I was just singing in those days. And they put me in my, my old bed back in my parents' home, which I hadn't slept in in a long time. And uh, uh, my dad came in to pray for me. And uh, it was like old times, uh, seeing him again. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And he put out his hand to pray, and instead he prophesied. Really? And he said, I had no idea that my son was called to the healing ministry. Well, I didn't have any idea either. And he said, I see you standing before kings and queens and presidents and prime ministers in nations all over the earth with great crowds. I see you on television more than me. I see you having twice as many miracles. And then he put his hand on me and prayed, and I was instantly healed. And I rolled out of bed. My voice returned. The fever was gone. The other problem I had was gone, and I knew it was gone. And I got on my knees and prayed a sinner's prayer and received Christ. And later that day, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I immediately joined his ministry, Steve, and stood with him uh, for 40 years. Really? Wow. I mean, and have you, how has the healing ministry, does it feel like it flows from you like, like you saw your dad? Yes, it's, it's different though. The Lord said that my healing ministry would not be particularly a laying on of hands ministry, but it would be a word of knowledge ministry. And that has been confirmed thousands and thousands of times all over the world, on television, online. And I'm doing, I'm doing, doing live healing services. As a matter of fact, as I said, I was in Dodge City, Kansas, this uh, weekend preaching. There were lots of miracles. Uh, it's not because of me. It's because God confirms his word with miracles yeah. and signs and wonders. And the yeah. word of knowledge is tailor-made for, for evangelism. It's tailor-made. And that's what my father said. And every it is. And, you know, well, I was going to say people think that and because we're a prophetic ministry, people will say, well, I'm not a prophet, but I have words of knowledge. You can't get much more prophetic than words of knowledge, can you? Well, that's I right. Mean, you, Paul said we should pray for, he prayed that we'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You've got a spirit of revelation on you, no different than Paul Kane or Chris Reed or whoever you could name, John Paul Jackson, Bob Jones. It's just that your revelation comes out in words of knowledge, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And that's everything he prophesied uh, that day when I, I was just 19. Uh, when everything he prophesied has come to pass, uh, uh, the prime minister and presidents, I've laid hands on on uh, 35 presidents of nations around the world. I've conducted crusades with crowds up to 200,000 in a night. Uh, but but things have changed over the years. The Lord's led me a different way as I've gotten older, Steve. Uh, the Lord showed me that I am to impart now. Uh, my crusade days are over. Uh, I'm, I'm traveling to nations around the earth, investing uh, my life into underdeveloped nations' pastors, especially concerning healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith. And uh, I've, I've established an online school, uh, the Richard Roberts uh, Ministry School, Miracle School, and uh, have about 30,000 students in that online school. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I have 3,300 uh, French-speaking pastors in Cameroon in two weeks from 14 French-African-speaking nations, and I'll be teaching them on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And I'm doing that now all over the world. Wow. Well, Richard, talk about, if you will, for the word of knowledge. Maybe, you know, I know you have some examples of things that have worked for you. I love the gift. It's the one that I operate in most as well. So I'm, I'm drawn to this gift, you know, because it's like at 66 years old, I'm thinking, Lord, I want to get better at this, you know, and uh, I think we can. 
you feel like you're getting better at words of knowledge than you used to be. You're you're 66. 66. Well, you don't look 66. I've got you by <laughs> I've got you by six years. I'm 72. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, we we both look pretty young if you ask me for, for our age. But, you know. Well, yeah. uh, by the way, I, I'm not growing. I'm not growing a beard. I'm just not shaving here for a few months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd like to be able to grow a little bit more, but oh well. <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve, the, the word of knowledge began to flow in um, 1980 after Lindsay and I got married. And strange things began to happen to me. I had never experienced it now. It had been prophesied years before, as I, as I shared. But sometimes when a prophetic word comes, it takes a while for it to mature. For it to happen. Sometimes the opposite, the opposite thing yeah. happens usually. And, and so a number of things, a number of years went by. But after Lindsay and I were married, we've been married now for 41 years. Uh, after she and I were married, uh, I would begin to feel something in my body. Like, like, for example, I would lose sight in one eye or I would lose hearing in an ear or suddenly I would uh, I, I get this pain that runs down my arm or suddenly it felt like my heart would jump out of my chest. And I'm wondering what in the world is going on. And, and then in my spirit, I would see a person with that affliction. And then if I if I would say what I felt and what I saw in the spirit, someone would get healed. At first, I didn't realize that was an operation of the word of knowledge. So, you know, I would be preaching or, or praying and something, and all of a sudden it felt like, you know, my, my whole hand would, would turn or turn around. And, and I, I, then I would see someone with, with an injury to their hand, and I would say, someone's left hand is being healed right now. You've had this happen to it, and you're being healed. And someone would always respond. Well, that began happening right after we got married, and uh, it's wow. gone stronger and stronger, and that... That happens wherever I go, whether I'm in a service or I'm in an airport or I'm in a restaurant. Uh, it, it, it happens. Uh, the, the, that, that word of knowledge will flow. And uh, I, can't, I can't make it happen, and I can't stop it from happening. <laughs> it's just, now, it just, God just does it. Do you have other gifts, too, that particularly, like, Sir Lindsay is a dreamer. She dreams and dreams. She sees billboards. We talked about, does any of that happen with you, or is it no. words of knowledge? Is no, uh, it's pre predominantly word of knowledge. With her, it's the prophetic good. and particularly the discerning of spirits operate oh, much more in Lindsay. In me, it's predominantly uh, the word of knowledge, sometimes the laying on of hands. Uh, uh, the gifts of healing certainly are in operation, but, uh, but it, it's, it's a wonderful thing because Jesus said it, it's, it's his will for us to be healed. And a lot of people today ha still have a question about whether or not it's God's will. You know, the yeah. leper, the leper came to Jesus and said, you can heal me if it's your will. And Jesus said, it's my will. I want yeah. you to be well. Third John two, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So he wants you well in every area of your life from your head to your feet. And if, if anyone is watching right now and you feel like, uh, you know, God doesn't care that he doesn't, he doesn't care about your condition. You're wrong. He does care. He wants you well in every area of your life. That's, I totally believe that. You know, I was raised up under John Wimber after I left the denomination of my youth that was very kind of hardcore, found the Lord, then John Wimber's church. And he began, that's where I first started hearing the words of knowledge and he would lay hands on. And he, But he would have that vineyard movement, which was a really flowing and going for a long time. You know, he would say, if you haven't seen healing, you haven't prayed for enough people. He said, when you pray for a couple hundred people, come back and tell me God doesn't heal. So he would have, he would train people because 
you guys have an anointing at Oral Roberts through your dad that just passed down. I think it, maybe it's a little easier. I don't know. But I wanted to ask you, Richard, you, people must have asked you about blind Bartimaeus, where Jesus is going to walk by, it appears with. He must have walked by blind Bart, you know, many times. We don't really know for sure. And he's saying, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you feel like, are there times where, where you tell people God's got a timing or is the timing always now with God? How would you? Well, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about a timing, but I believe okay. it's God's will for people to be well. And what I tell people when I pray and there's a miracle, well, we, we thank God. But, but if it doesn't happen instantaneously, that does not, does not mean that it would not happen the next day or the next week. And I always Good. say to people, now we have prayed and we have believed. Now let's expect a miracle. You know, so many times we think, well, I I received prayer, but nothing happened. Well, you know, when you plant a seed in the ground, you don't go out there the next day and find the flowers or find find the the tomatoes. You know, sometimes there's there's a timing involved. And our job is not to try to figure it out. Our job Mm -hmm. is to pray and to believe and to give people faith and not try to get off the hook by saying, well, you must not have had any faith because everybody has faith. Everybody That's was true. born uh, with, with, with faith. You have to have faith to get saved. You know, you can't get saved without faith. For by grace are yeah. you saved through faith. So yeah. we have it. Now, sometimes healings happen instantaneously. Sometimes healing happens over a period of time. And something else that I'm, I'm very strong on, and it came through my father, and, and, and I grew up this way, that I believe in, in the hand of uh, prayer and the hand of medical science working together. You know, when you look at the life, when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul and you see him on the island of Malta, he had as a part of his official team, a medical doctor, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts and who wrote the book of Luke. And if you read the scripture, he was praying for the sick and they were being healed and Luke was treating them. And the scripture says they were being cured. So Paul and Luke were working together. And I think that's a model for today, prayer and medical science working together. Now, the difference is we don't give glory to the one who prays and we don't give glory to the one who treats medically. We thank them, but we give the glory of the miracle to God. That's really good. You know, when I, people, a lot of people don't know this, that about uh, eight, eight to 13, two, 2008 to 2013, I was mostly bedridden. I had got down to 100 pounds. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go to bed. And I was bedridden for four years, total bedridden. And I thought, I actually looked forward to it because I thought, I'm going to pray myself into healing. I believe in healing. I've seen healing. I've never really focused. And so day and night, night, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours I prayed. I confessed. They still couldn't find out what was wrong. And I wasn't getting healed. In fact, Richard, I got worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Finally, an emergency room and an ambulance ride to the, after I collapsed, they find, they do a couple of scans and find out these masks in my sinuses. And they found, they said, you got to go see a surgeon. And days later, I was getting my uh, sinuses operated. Five sinus surgeries later, I am healed. But during this whole hospital thing that happened with that, my, my, um, kidneys and liver, everything was shutting down because mm-hmm. I'd had to take so much medicine to stop the migraines and the pain. And so, but then all of a sudden the prayers came into being because they said, they said to my wife, his uh, organs are shutting down. Well, she just believed. She said, I know what God told me. God told me you're going to live and not die. I was out at the time. I didn't even know this was happening. Next thing I know, organs kick in. The organs are fine. 
to this day the organs are fine so which was it did god heal me or did the or did the surgeon yes it's a combination right what, what does it matter steve you're well yeah <laughs> we give god. we give god the glory thank the and doctor I, thank the one who prays but give the glory of the healing to god absolutely and when i when i got through that thing through god healing me even though I wish he would have done it, I honestly would have wished to have a profound. Like <laughs> sure. But I still, I still said to God, you know what? I will never forget this kindness, and I won't. I mean, I will never forget. I'm talking about it right now. You know, the, I didn't care that he used a, a surgeon, and, and but that, but the real miracle was that my organs. I'm sitting here today, even after all that. Well, you that know, killed me. You know, Steve, uh, it's so simple. You know, if, if I get a headache, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to take two Tylenol. Yeah. Now, I really don't care which one works. I just want to get well. And yeah. I give the glory of the healing to God. That's good. That's really good. I, that, I'm like that way. I'm that way too, Richard. I, do, I just do it all and give the glory to God. So, well, talk about a few things that stand out to you as far either from the healing ministry that you've done or words of knowledge. I'd love to hear more about the words of knowledge. Well, uh, I thank God for the operation of the word of knowledge. As I said, I, I, can't, I can't control it. I'm not trying to control it. Uh, I, I, when it first began happening, I would say, well, God, I want you to do it early in the service, and he'll invariably do it at the end. Or I'll ask him to do it at the end of the service. He'll invariably do it at the beginning. I, I never mm -hmm. can tell what he's going to do or when he's going to do, but I've just learned to stay open. And I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are working through Christians today, and the many of those gifts are working without our knowledge, uh, without us even realizing. Uh, for example, someone may, may, may get knowledge about something that they had no way of knowing whatsoever, but they pass it off and say, well, that was strange, that was weird, I wonder what that was, when it was an mm -hmm. operation of one of the gifts of the Spirit. I think that happens, or we walk into a room and suddenly the room feels cold and we wonder mm -hmm. what's going on in there. Well, that's an operation of the discerning of spirits. And when those things happen in us as Christians, that we need to say, God, what is this? And what do you want me to do with it? Rather than That's saying, good. we're, you know, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want someone to think I'm strange, you know, but, but, but we need to, we need to obey. And those things I believe are happening in Christians all the time. Well, you know, we, we, but we don't seek after the gifts. We seek after right. the giver of the gifts. That's good. I said, you know, I, I, I operate in very rarely all of a sudden, this is, some people would call it a seer gift or a discerner gift. I remember walking to my back door, which is right over here um, a few years ago, and I smelled sulfur, like a burning sulfur. And I mm -hmm. thought, this is not good. I call up my friend, Paul, who discerns over the phone. He's amazing. And I say, Paul, I'm going to do something. I'm going to walk the house. He, he's used to this. <laughs> yeah, I said, I'm going to walk to the house. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to go. Tell me if you, you discern anything. And I get right to the back door where I smelled this thing. And I didn't say anything. I just got right to there. And he goes, stop. And, and he goes, where are you? I said, I'm by the back door. And he goes, what is that? I said, I don't know. I just smelled it. Sulfur. He says, well, tell it to leave. And every time I call Paul on something like that, you know what? He'll say, tell it to leave. That's his yeah. brand. So, I'll, so with his help, maybe I, I get a little more confident with that. I'll just tell it to leave. We'll get out of here in the name of Jesus. If people know that when you see, sense those things, that it's time to do something about it, and that you, you wouldn't be given the, the knowledge of it if you didn't already have the authority to dispatch well, Christians it. need to understand the authority that they have. Mm. The Bible tells us in Philippians that God has given Jesus a name 
which is above every name named in heaven and earth. You name any name, cancer, fear, heart problems, diabetes, blindness, cataracts, deafness, arthritis, and the name of Jesus is higher. And we have authority in the name of Jesus. Too many times we don't take that authority and we allow the devil to, to, to walk in and run roughshod over us instead of saying in the authority, like you did, in the authority of Jesus' name, whose name is above this sulfur smell or whose name is above mm -hmm. whatever it is, I command you, get out of this house. There have been times in our lives when, when things have come against us and uh, we've got, gotten a bottle of anointing oil and gone through our house and commanded any foul spirit to get out or whatever it was and then anointed all the doors you know, with oil. Uh, we do that from time to time. We have authority in Jesus' name. We're not some little mamby-pamby Christian out here. No, we have authority, great authority, because we have the most powerful force in the world. We have the name of Jesus. That's good. And I, to me, I think a bunch of people just heard you say that. They're going, wow, Oral Roberts and his son, who, who are just a human beings like me, they too, from time to time, feel the attack. They too walk around their house and anoint the door. So it's not just me because I'm little me and I better anoint the door. You're, do, you're anointing the doors and you're a father in the church now. Well, you, you as Christians, my dear brothers and sisters, you're not little me. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were made only a little bit lower than the angels. Greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. And you can do all things through him who strengthens you. You're not some little peon out here on the edge of society hoping to exist. No, you are special. You're a VIP to God, God's hands on your life. And you have the authority in Jesus' name to say, Satan, get out of my life in the name of Jesus. Wow. Wow. Um, I want to ask you about Richard, it just occurs to me to ask this um, out of left field. Have there been times in your life where you and Lindsay, let's say, would get together and somehow or other you're, you're in agreement, you're praying, you have the authority, and all of this, and you're not getting anywhere, so you have to bring in more troops? Have you, have you Absolutely. Uh, we have people that we call for prayer that we that we believe in. Uh, a dear brother that you have quite often on this program, my dear brother from Omaha, Nebraska, Hank Kuhneman, uh, is awesome. is one of our closest friends, and and Hank prays with us and believes with us, and and uh, there's a pastor in California whose name is Ron Halverson, and he has become a mentor to me, especially since my father has died. And there are numbers wow. of of people that that Lindsay Lindsay calls for prayer, like Kate McVeigh. And by the way, if you've never had Kate McVeigh on this program, she. Oh, be terrific having her. She's a powerful woman of God. And there are a number of others. Uh, Kent Christmas, uh, I'll call yeah. for prayer. Or I'll call Robin Bullock. As a matter of fact, I'm going awesome. down to minister for him in Alabama. Or I'll call Kenneth Copeland, who has been a mentor to me, you know, for many, many years. Or And there are others uh, that, I, that, would, that I would call because, because uh, uh, you know, little is much when God is in it. But you need, you need to be surrounded by people who are of like faith and like belief. You don't need to be surrounded by somebody who say, well, I don't believe any of that junk, you know. No, I, I pray for those people, but I don't have to associate with them every day. <laughs> That's good. You know, I, years and years ago, I heard, I heard a prophet. Um, she, I was pretty new to this. The Elijah had already existed, but I was still learning, learning as always, really. But she said, she said, if you don't have a couple of prophets or intercessors, and sometimes people, have, it's probably more accurate to say intercessors are just prophets who pray. That's what uh, Jennifer Ebaz describes it as. In, in, intercessors are prophets who pray, or maybe that was someone else, but but because the intercessors isn't even a word that's that common in the Bible. What you have, if you have a, an, a devout intercessor, they're always revelating. They're always saying, well, I'm seeing this, God's showing me this, and I pray this, and I break that. 
So the intercessors are more like prophets who pray. If you need a bunch of those people in your life, Richard, you got a bunch of well-known people, but but I had a bunch of people that weren't well-known. It doesn't really matter, does it? As no, long it, as they operate in the that, gifts. That's exactly right. And of course, as I said earlier, Lindsay is my number one intercessor. Yeah. And, you know, she knows when I'm going to be preaching and, and she she's on her face before God and, and she'll call me. Before, I, I don't go anywhere without her prayers. I don't get in my car and go to the office without her laying, you know, wow. without her praying over me. Uh, she prayed over me before I left the house to come here to do this uh, today. And she takes authority over anything that would come against me. And, and she prayed for an anointing today. And she does that whenever I go, wherever I go. When I go to Africa in a couple of weeks, she'll be on her face uh, every day praying over me. I know that I have an intercessor. And there are other people that pray as well. And I appreciate that. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like... The Back in the day, I tried to do everything myself. You can't do. No, you can't. You need intercessors. Everybody needs intercessors. Everybody needs prophets. Everybody needs discerners. You need to just spend your life making relationships with people that are like mind who can pray for you, and you can pray for them. It's amazing. Well, Jesus, people get along with that. When Jesus walked uh, the shores of the Sea of Galilee, he didn't do everything by himself either. He had a group of twelve around him. Yeah. And he assigned yeah. them certain things. And, and then he had a group of 70 and had a group of, of, of more than that, you know. So, so uh, he expects us to do our part. You know, without God, I cannot. But without me, he will not. Uh, there there are things that? that God tells us that we have to do. We have to do our part. He, I, I tell people, Steve, that he's an if-then God. If I will do a certain thing, then God will do a certain thing. That's good. God expects That's me really to do good. my part. You know, you can't just sit here and say, well, God, I'm here. You do whatever you want to do. No, we got to do our part, too. That scripture that says Jesus uh, met with his disciples, he says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. We talked about this a minute ago, but I mean, are we, do you believe the body of Christ is woefully, for lack of a better term, woefully unaware of how much actual authority we currently possess? I think that is a strong possibility because I don't hear a great deal of preaching on the authority that we have in Jesus' name. Uh, and I think we need more ministry on that. And we need more ministers who will say now, after that, is there anyone who has a need of healing? That's what they did in James chapter 5. Is any sick among you? And he wasn't just talking about physical sickness. Is there anyone who is sick in mind, sick in body, sick in family, sick in finances, sick in emotions, sick in their relationships? Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. That's the leaders. And let them anoint them with oil and let them pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt and not the kind of prayer that says, Lord, if it be your will. As if God yeah, hadn't already it. made up his mind. No, yeah. God, it is God's will. He said, I will, I will heal you. We have to, we have, to have ministers who, who help people to, to come to the brink of releasing their faith and expecting a miracle. That's so good. Richard, what about the people who have contended for faith, uh, for, for healing? Have you seen people who have, who have inadvertently, either intentionally or, or inadvertently blocked their own healing through things like unforgiveness? Have you had to work through forgiveness in order to get people healed? Steve, I think one of the greatest blockages that we have in Christianity today is unforgiveness. Mm. Uh, Lindsay uh, said to me one day, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness that's, that's won't do anything to them, but it'll kill you. 
Yeah, he nice. says, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, neither will I forgive you. That's well, kind of like, neither will I heal you, right? And I, kinda, why would I heal you? I think that's a, I think that's a blockage. And, and I tell people just about wherever I go that if you have unforgiveness, it's just not worth it. Let them yeah. go. Give them to God. Let God handle them. If you know, if you could have handled them, you would have already done it. (laughs) But since you, you know, look, I've had so many bad things that have come against me in my life, and so many people who've done ugly, rotten things and said and written ugly, rotten things Mm. about me and and about my family and about my father. I've had to learn how to forgive them and let them go. Give them to God. Let Lindsay gave me a great illustration. She said, take a piece of paper and write down on the left side the people's names who have hurt you. And so I did. And she said, now write down what they did on the other side. And I did. And she said, now tear the paper in half. And she said, now take what they did and throw it away and forgive the person. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. You, there's nothing you can do about what they did. Okay. What they did was wrong. What they yeah. did hurt you, it injured you, both inside and outside. But learn how to forgive the person. Let the person go. You That's know, I, I was, it helps put you in a position to receive healing and the blessing of God when you get that blockage out of your life. When I was sick and in bedridden, my, my pastor at the time, he, was, he thought he was going to try everything because nothing was hitting uh, at the time. He thought maybe I needed counseling, maybe I had issues here. So I, I didn't think that was necessarily the case, but I said, okay, I think I'm going to, I should go, I'll go. So I set up Christian counseling and um, there happened to be a well-known evangelist, prophetic type. And he had hurt me really, really bad. And he had done it intentionally. And so I was telling this one, this counselor that, and she said, okay, here's what I want you to do. And she walked me through this thing. It was actually pretty powerful. She said, you and him are going up these stairs and you're going to go up to the door in heaven and you're going to open the door and the Lord's saying there, and what do you want to say to the Lord about you too? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're facing the Lord, it's a different story. And, and what do you want to say about what's going on with you? And, and these tears just began streaming down, my, just streaming. And I just cut through bawling. I said, Lord, we're both doing the best we know how to do. And I mean, I felt it from the deepest level. We're just doing the best we know how to do. And I had all of a sudden, the, the unforgiveness just melts away. And I don't think that was my, because I had continued to work on forgiveness, but it was a deeper level that the Lord wanted to Because you can forgive someone, and a year or two later, the Lord will say, now let's go deeper. And because there are deeper issues that you didn't quite release that thing. you know. So, Steve, I had a, I had a pastor who said something about me on television once. Mm. Really, really hurt me because it wasn't true. And he mm. said it on national television. Called me out. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was not true. And it just crushed me that he said it. First of all, it wasn't true. But second of all, you know how when something says, somebody says something to you that's not true, it, it hurts. Yeah, and still, months went by and, and I just, unforgiveness welled up in my heart. Every time I thought about this guy, I wanted to see my fist mm. double up, you know. <laughs> and I went down to be a guest on a, on a certain program, and lo and behold, that pastor was there. I was shocked. And we get ready to go on the program, and the Lord spoke to me and said, go over there and ask him to forgive you. And I said, for what? <laughs> I didn't do anything. He said it about me. The Lord said, no, go over there and ask him to forgive you. I said, Lord, why don't you go over there and ask him to forgive you? <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah. You know, he said it. Go over there and ask him to forgive you. So I walked over to him, called him by his name, and I said, I've been holding something against you. 
and the Lord has showed me that I'm wrong. Would you please forgive me? And big tears came down his face. And he said, Richard, I said something a few months ago on TV about you that I've discovered wasn't true. And I'm gonna correct it on this show tonight. Now tears come down my face. And he and I embraced and our relationship was restored. And he and I were friends for the next 20 years until he went home to be with the Lord. Unforgiveness uh, isn't gonna do anything to anybody else, but it'll kill you. Let it go. That's brutal. Let it go. Not worth holding on to. Let it go. Forgive him. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, if I, I usually add this when we're talking about this sub- subject because it comes up quite often, but people that say, well, I can't forgive him. I just don't feel forgiveness. You don't have to feel forgiveness. No, it's not a feeling. It's a decision. It. Yeah, it's a decision. And it starts with this thing called the tongue. You speak your life in the name of Jesus. I forgive da, 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 for yeah. what he did to me. Well, it's, did to me. It's, it, you're not forgiving them for their sake. You're forgiving yeah. them for your sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge, so um, that that's a good answer to the, that question is there's, that's the biggest blockage I see is people won't forgive. Me too. You know, And then I want to ask one, uh, one other thing, and then we'll get into some prayer here in a minute, but the um, faith. I've known people, I know people, uh, you know, here and there all over the place. It's not, it's not one person who, who struggle, 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 and they'll say, I want to believe. I'm trying to believe. Um, I wish I didn't doubt. I, and they'll say things like, Steve, I wish I'd, I had the, your kind of faith because I, I wish I just didn't doubt all the time. Is there anything you can add or say that would make, help a person like that? What would you tell well, someone who's tried and tried and tried? Well, first of all, that person does have your kind of faith because the Bible says every person, every man, every woman, every child, everyone who's ever been born has faith. God has given to every person, the measure, not a measure, but the measure. You were given the same faith that I was given. I was given the same faith that you were given, and you who are watching, you have the exact same faith. Now, faith won't do you much good unless you use it. It's like your arm. You know, if if you put your arm in a sling and you leave it for six weeks, you're going to have a difficult time moving it. Because your arm, your muscle has to be moved, has to continually be moved, and your faith was not given you to lie dormant in your heart. Faith was intended to be used, and you have faith to believe. You say, well, I haven't seen my miracle yet. Well, there are a lot of things in my life, miracles that I'm believing for, some some I've been believing for for years, and they haven't come to pass yet, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop believing. I'm calling it in every day. I'm thinking of three or four things right now in my life that I'm believing God for, and I've believing God for them for years, and they haven't come to pass, but I believe in Jesus' name they're on the way, and I'm not turning loose. I'm not letting go until it's manifested, and you can do the same thing. You have faith. Use it. Believe God. Don't cancel it out with your doubt. Don't pray and say, well, I wonder. No, don't don't wonder as you wonder, as that one song says. No, don't do that. When I say, Father, I release my faith. Now I'm expecting that manifestation and I'm calling it in now in Jesus' name. Angels, go and get it and bring it to me. And I'm standing in faith and I refuse to let go in Jesus' name. So good. So, 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 so good. And I'm thinking I'm going to have you pray in a minute, but I was a comment on this. I've done this before with Lindsay. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Richard Roberts and I'm going, no, wait, this is Richard Roberts. This is Oral Robertson, you, the, the heir apparent heir <laughs> and, and the double anointing and all that. And I go back to 1963. It was the same year that Kennedy was assassinated because I remember the house. We only lived there a year. 
And that was the year I saw Oral Roberts on black and white TV. That's all anybody had back then, practically. And my parents told us that was of the devil. And I would watch him. He would get their hands on his and be healed. You know how he does that. And, and, and he would, they would try to teach us that this was of the devil. I mentioned this to Lindsay. And then I yesterday when I when I talked to Lindsay a few days ago, I said, you know, it occurs to me if they thought it was of the devil, why was that playing all the time? <laughs> why did they have the TV <laughs> onto that channel? I just thought about that the other day. I thought I didn't just see it once; I saw it over and over. It's like on Sunday morning, as I recall. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I mean, I'm just I'm just amazed at the at the redemption. I feel like it's a little bit of a redemption show. You know, it's like wow, full circle. Here I am with Richard Roberts these many years later um, and just really enjoying the relationship and the same faith that your father had, only amplified, pressed down, shaken together and running over is coming from you. So amazing. Well, thank you. Steve, my father taught me something that everyone needs to hear, and I never get tired of saying it or hearing it, and that's this. God is a good God. Yeah. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he made his love an act of his giving when he sent his son so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's his will for you to be well in every area of your life. God's not against you. He's for you. His arms are open. The Savior is waiting right now for anyone who would call on his name. That's good. Go ahead, uh, Richard, if you would, and pray for the people and whatever's in your heart. That would be awesome. Father, in the authority of the name Mm. of Jesus, Mm. I come against any and every satanic attack of the devil that is coming against his Mm. people. Now, friend, there's no distance in prayer. And I remind you of Psalm 107, verse 20, which says, He sent his word and Mm. healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So in the authority of Jesus' name, I send his word to you. There's a person who has a problem with the backside of your tongue on the left side, and you're being healed right now. There's a person with an eardrum problem in your left ear, and you're being healed right now. There's a person that has a migraine headache that shoots from the back of your head up to the top. That migraine is leaving you right now in Jesus' name. Now now the right eardrum is being healed as well. There's a person that has pain that shoots down your arm, and it's centered right around your elbow. It just throbs. You have to hold it because it hurts you so bad. That pain is leaving you right now. In the authority of the name of Jesus, every pain, every discomfort, every ache that you have, I take it by faith and pull it out of you. In Jesus' name, healing come forth. There's a cataract that's being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, uh, the, the, the blurred vision and the, the problem from the cataract is just opening up. And now you're going to be able to see clearly out of that eye in Jesus' name. There's another migraine being healed right now by the power of God. And power is going down the hips, down the legs. There's a varicose vein being in the back of the leg being healed right now in the authority of Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I send that word to you. You foul, tormenting sickness, you foul, tormenting fear, your emotional distress, your discouragement, you, you, you depression, come out in the name of Jesus. I send the word to you right now for healing from the crown of your head, even unto the soles of your feet. There's a stomach dis- disorder right now, an ulcer being healed, duodenal ulcer being healed right now, a heart problem, a skipping of beats, and, and I see arteries right now. I see arteries that are opening up. Plaque is just, is just dissolving now out of arteries right now in the authority of Jesus' name. 
I see blood pressure and blood sugar being healed right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I send the word to you. Uh, the, the tonsils being, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Tonsils being healed right now in Jesus' name. There's someone watching, you've got a mass. You've got a mass on your neck and you've been very, very concerned about it. It's about maybe a quarter the size of your fist and God's healing it. It's just going flat now. Cancer, you foul, tormenting thing, come out. Every mass, every tumor, every growth be healed in the authority of Jesus' name. And I send that word to you for healing. There's no distance in prayer. He's right here where I am. He's right there where Steve is. And he's right there where you are in the authority of Jesus' name. I set my faith with you. I'm not coming out of this agreement until that healing is manifested in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Wow. There's wow. a kneecap. Powerful. There's a kneecap being healed right now, Steve. Right kneecap. You're going to be able to climb steps again. And there's a, an eating disorder. Uh huh. It's bulimia. Bulimia being healed right now. And uh, where you where you cut yourself on your arm and and it won't heal. That's that's it's, uh, that's healing now. The hemophilia being healed right now in the authority of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I send that word to you by faith. Receive it in His name. That's good. So, so good. Uh, Richard, I'm going to ask for your, how, how, do, how do people get a hold of you? And then I'm going to ask, how can people pray for you? Uh, how they, should, what, what should they, uh, what they can go, should they go to? Well, they can call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777, or they can go online, oralroberts.com. I receive thousands of prayer requests each week from people from all over the world. It's an honor and a joy. We've been uh, hosting that Abundant Life Prayer Group since 1958. Uh, we've had some 25 million telephone calls for prayer during those years. Wow. And uh, or, or, or oralroberts.com, uh, you can always reach me for prayer. I promise you, I will pray. I give you my word. And then if you give me your address, I'll write you back and give you a good word from the Bible. Wow. Wow. Very good. Um, how can, uh, Richard, how can people pray for you, you and Lindsay? What what would you like people to always keep you you both in prayer uh, or you yourself in prayer for? for? For strong anointing and good health. Strong anointing and good health to do what God has called us to do. Very good. Richard, so, thank you so much. I'm just very honored that you would come on and bless our people. Uh, very, very kind of you to do that. Uh, I honor your father. I know you do as well. And it's obviously his anointing is clearly on you in a double portion. So that's that's amazing. Well, well Steve, let, you, let, me, let me just say one other word before you, before you go. Sure. I want to yeah. thank you on behalf of Christians everywhere for hosting this oh. every day. Uh, you bring on the most interesting people and you pull the best out of them. Uh, God has given you a gift of interviewing and, and pulling the best out of people and getting oh. their ministries to go forward. And thank you for being the host and for doing this. And thank you for having me. It's a, it's a, it's a joy and honor. And thank you for having Lindsay last week. Oh, you're very welcome. You honor me. Thank you so, so, so much. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It was great to be with Steve Schultz last week. Join us next week for an outstanding guest again. We'll see you next time right here on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Text giving is now available. It's as simple as taking out your mobile phone and opening your text app. If you're in the USA, text RRM to 833-881-6442. Then just follow the prompts. Now, if you're in Canada, text RRM Canada to 77977. That's RRM to 833-881-6442 in the USA and RRM Canada to 77977 if you're in Canada. And we'll put the numbers in the show notes for easy reference. 
Your generosity makes a difference. 